Welcome to Speak Life. I'm so glad that you joined me today. The title of today's teaching is The Bold and the Brave. The reason I decided to teach on this is because this is a subject that I believe that Christians really need to be discussing more. You see, because there is so much emphasis being placed upon the fact that we as Christians should always be displaying some type of meekness and some type of gentleness in our behavior, that if we're not careful, we can easily begin to fall into the trap of believing that we should always be coming across as being soft-spoken and resigned. Now, although there are definitely times that we should be exhibiting these types of behaviors, it just might come as a surprise to you to learn that boldness is actually a quality that is highly encouraged throughout the Bible. Now, when I'm talking about boldness, I'm not talking about a foolish type of boldness that just wants to be obnoxious for the sake of proving a point, but I am talking about a spirit-led kind of boldness. You see, Christian boldness in the biblical sense means taking some type of action through the power of the Holy Spirit upon a strong unction in the face of some type of opposition or some type of risk. You see, spirit-led boldness empowers someone to do something or to say something in spite of the negative possible outcome. I understand that for most of you watching today, being bold just may not come naturally for you. However, the reality is, is that boldness is often going to be necessary in order for you and I to do the things and to say the things that God is leading us to do. And the truth, according to the Bible, is that Christians should be some of the boldest people walking the face of this planet. That's why Proverbs encourages us and reminds us that the righteous are as bold as a lion. So if you're a believer, this scripture is talking about you. And what that means is that when the time comes for you to be bold, that you shouldn't run away from these types of opportunities with your tail between your legs, but that you should step up and move out in boldness, being willing to step up to the plate when the time comes, and also that you should be willing to take whatever risk may be involved in being bold. I'm going to caution you though, when you move out in boldness and you take a risk, sometimes those risks may involve being talked about. Sometimes those risks might involve your being laughed at. Sometimes that risk may involve you being rejected. And sometimes that risk just might involve your risking your very life. However, boldness under the direction of the Holy Spirit understands the risks that are involved but is still willing to take that risk. You know, as we study God's word, we see many examples of, of people in the Bible that were willing to be bold in many different situations. Just to give you an example, in the book of Luke, chapter eight, we discover a woman who had been ble bleeding. She had a, a very difficult issue in her life. The Bible re refers to this woman as being the woman with the issue of blood. And in this particular story, 
This woman had spent all of her money. She spent all the money that she had on a variety of different physicians, all in attempt of trying to get well. However, despite the fact she spent all her money, not one physician was able to cure her ailment. However, when she heard that Jesus was going to be passing by, Jesus, the great physician, she told herself, if I can just get to Jesus, I will be healed. If I can just but touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. However, in order for you to understand the risk that this Jewish woman was about to take, you need to understand that according to Jewish law, it was actually forbidden for a woman to touch anyone during this particular time of month. Because Jewish law considered a woman as being unclean during this particular time. And in fact, if someone touched someone else during this time of the month, that person that they touched would be considered as being unclean as well. But this woman was desperate. She was desperate to receive her healing. She was desperate to receive what God had for her. And because of that, her desperation led her to exercise her faith and to step out in an act of boldness unlike never before. And just about the time that Jesus was passing by, she pushed her way through the crowd, touching others along the way. And when she finally got to Jesus, she reached out and she touched the hem of his garment. And when Jesus felt someone touch him, he didn't turn around and, and point his finger at her and condemn her and pronounce her as being unclean. No, instead the Bible says that Jesus said, who, who touched me? Who touched me? You see, Jesus knew that healing virtue, healing power had just left his body. And when Jesus discovered it was this bleeding Jewish woman, again, he didn't condemn her. He said to her, go, your faith has made you whole. What a radical, radical story about someone that was radically bold. You know, Sometimes we just have to not care what people think about us, right? Sometimes we have to just not care if people are going to talk about us. Sometimes we just have to not care in order to seize everything that God has for us, everything that God wants to give us, amen? You know, recently I was traveling. I was coming back from an overseas ministry trip when I had a layover in the airport in Germany. Well, noticing that the battery on my cell phone was getting low, I decided to walk over to one of those charging stations and plug my phone in. As I was sitting there, I noticed a woman out of the corner of my eye that kept glancing over at me, and eventually she came over and told me she was having difficulty accessing the airport's Wi-Fi, and would I help her? So I began to help her, and eventually we began to get into a conversation, and this woman began to share with me the fact that she had been in the United States visiting her son, but that she was on her way back home to Iran. When she told me she was from Iran, I, I began to very nonchalantly yet strategically ask her some questions about her country, eventually asking what the religious beliefs were for the majority of the people that lived in Iran. Now, of course, I knew the answer to this uh, question, but I had a goal in mind here. She began to share with me that the majority of the people 
in Iran are practicing Muslims and that she herself was a practicing Muslim as well. So as she continued sharing about her faith, uh, I, at the end of her story, I, I asked, would you mind if I shared with you a little bit about what I believe as well? And she said, oh, certainly not. Please feel free. So I began to tell her that I was a Christian and I be began to share with her what my beliefs were. I began to share with her the fact that Christians believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that he came to this world and gave his life for all of mankind because of his love, because of God's love for all of mankind. And that through Jesus Christ, we could receive the forgiveness of our sins and eventually at the end of our lifetime, uh, go to a place called heaven. As I was sharing the gospel with her, I began to notice that not only was she listening to every word that I was saying very intensely, but she was literally hanging on every word that I was saying. Well, noticing her interest, I had a split second to make a very important decision. Was I going to be bold or was I going to shrink back from this phenomenal opportunity that had presented itself before me that day? Well, that was the moment that I chose to be bold. And because I chose to be bold, I looked at her and I asked her, say, would you like to pray with me and invite Jesus Christ to come into your life? And do you know this woman said, yes, yes, I would. So I told her, if you're really serious about this, if you're serious about what you're saying, just join hands with me and pray along with me. So right there and then in that airport in Germany, we bowed our heads together. And I had the honor and the privilege of praying with her as she humbly asked Jesus to forgive her, as she humbly asked Jesus to come into her life and be her, her Lord and Savior. Then once she finished her prayer, I embraced her with a warm hug. I congratulated her and I quickly left her with my contact information. Then I had to leave very, very quickly to go and catch my connecting flight. While I was sitting on the airplane, I was thinking about the fact that our meeting that day was far from being coincidental. You see, it was no accident that I met that Iranian woman that day. You see, that woman had come into the kingdom of God to be a deliverer of the Iranian people for such a time as this. And although God had completely set this up, it was a divine appointment that was orchestrated by God, she received her salvation that day because I had done my part in choosing to be bold. Amen. As we study God's word, we find another example of a woman that God wanted to use to be a deliverer of her people. As we look into the book of Esther, we read about a Jewish woman who had actually hidden the fact that she was a Jew from the king that she was preparing to marry. Then once she had wed the king, Esther learned of a plan to kill all of the Jewish people. This plan was exposed to her. However, despite the enemy's plan to kill the Jews, God had his own plan in mind for rescuing the Jewish people. And a very significant part of that plan was to use a Jewish woman, a beautiful Jewish woman who had come into the kingdom for such a time 
as this. So once Esther learned of this plan, she didn't sit back and do nothing. No, she told the Jewish people to, to begin fasting, to, to begin praying, because she was about to, to take a bold step of action, a step that just may very well cost her her life. You see, because she was about to go before her husband, the king, without having received an invitation. However, according to royal protocol, you have to understand that anyone who dare be come before the king without having received an invitation was certain to face immediate death, unless the king just happened to extend his golden royal scepter out to you. Well, Esther was fully aware of the risk that she was about to take. She was fully aware of this, but she was still willing to take this risk, saying, if I perish, I perish. So after a time of serious prayer and fasting, Esther was ready to take that bold step. And I can just picture her praying one last quick prayer. I can just picture her saying one last quick prayer to the Lord and, and taking one last deep breath before she walked into that room where the king was sitting. Then once she walked into the room and stood before the king, that had to have been the longest period of silence of her entire life. Then after what must have seemed like an eternity, the king raised up his arm and he extended that royal golden scepter out to Queen Esther. Because of the king's actions, her life was spared. Not only was her life spared, but she was given an amazing opportunity to present a very significant request before the king and a request that eventually and ultimately led to completely destroying the enemy's plan of killing every single Jewish person. Allow me to remind you today that thousands of lives were spared and all because of the fact that one woman chose to be bold. People, we need to remember that we are currently living in a day and a time when we as Christians must be willing to exhibit boldness unlike never before. Because we are living in a time of tremendous resistance and opposition to the Christian principles that this nation was founded upon. And as a result of this, the subjects that we as Christians are being allowed to discuss openly and publicly is rapidly declining every single day. And what is happening here as a result of this is that our constitutional right of freedom of speech is becoming more and more marginalized every single day. And what's so frustrating about all of this, what's so frightening about all of this is that every single bit of this is all being done under the guise of offending someone. In fact, evidence is mounting that the Christian voice is not only becoming more marginalized by the day, but it's actually moving toward becoming criminalized. Yes, I said criminalized. 
as we are witnessing an extremely troubling shift in this nation, as well as nations around the world, a, a troubling shift toward the belief that Christians are full of hatred, and therefore this type of hatred must be stopped. This type of hatred must be silenced. <laughs> Which is absolutely ludicrous, really, because if you read God's Word, everything about the Bible points to love. It's a, it's a book of love. God is a God of love, not of hate. It's all about love. But the sobering truth is this is that our nation is beginning to rapidly move toward a time when we as Christians must be willing to participate in civil disobedience in order to continue to share the gospel. You see, this is why it's going to be imperative for every Christian to continue to stand firm. It's going to be imperative for every Christian to remain constant and firm and bold through their words and through their actions, no matter what risk might be involved. That's why the Bible reminds us that we should be proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. You know, as we take a walk through the book of Acts, we are constantly reminded just how bold the early church was, even in the face of tremendous opposition and, and tremendous even persecution. Before Jesus went back to heaven, before he ascended back to heaven, he told those early believers that he was going to be going away. But he told them not to be discouraged because once he left, God was going to send the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit would remain with them so they would not be left alone. And he told them that once the Holy Spirit came, that they were going to receive a tremendous power and that they would be witnesses everywhere that they went. Now, the word power in the Greek means miracle working power, meaning that they were going to receive the ability not only to be able to do incredible miracles, but they were going to receive a supernatural type of power that was going to give them a boldness to be bold witnesses unlike never before. Then after Jesus ascended back to heaven, God kept his word and the Holy Spirit was poured out upon the believers on the day of Pentecost. Once the believers were filled with the Holy Spirit, they began to go out and they began to, to radically preach. You see, prior to the day of Pentecost, the believers had been meeting in secret and they had been praying and encouraging one another secretly because they were so afraid of the leaders. They were so afraid of those that were in authority. But once the Holy Spirit came, everything changed. And the once fearful uh, disciples and, and preachers now became bold as a lion. They became bold witnesses for Jesus Christ. And, and immediately Peter and John began to go out and they began to tell the Jewish people that they needed to repent and they needed to turn to Jesus. Well, one day Peter had prayed for a man that was not able to walk and the man was instantly healed. When people saw what was happening, a crowd began to form around Peter. And Peter used this opportunity as a, to his advantage. He began to tell those Jewish people once again boldly that they needed to repent and that they needed to turn to Jesus. Well, the Bible says that that day, 5,000 people, 5,000 Jews came into the kingdom of God. That's, that's what I call a pretty powerful evangelistic outreach. But when the religious leaders learned about this, they weren't excited about this at all because 
they were they felt threatened and um, the religious leaders and the Sadducees well they became Sadducee because they didn't they didn't believe that Jesus Christ was the Son of God so they had Peter and John arrested and and thrown into jail and the next day they were brought before the religious leaders and they were questioned and they were asked by what power or by what name was this man healed but Peter didn't shrink back from this opportunity. Peter was a bold as a lion. And he told those leaders, he said, the Bible says that Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak boldly to the religious leaders, saying, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Well, this didn't go over too well at all. As I said, not only were the leaders threatened, but they were insulted. And because they were threatened, they began to command Peter and John never to preach or to teach using the name of Jesus Christ ever again. But once again, Peter exhibited boldness. And he said to them, he said, look, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to God or to listen to you? The Bible says that after further threats that Peter and John were released because these leaders did not know what to do with these men. Then once they were released, they didn't go back into hiding telling themselves, look, we, we better just chill out here. <clears throat> Excuse me, we, we better stop using the name of Jesus like they told us to. You know, if we go back out there and we begin to publicly talk about Jesus Christ, they're going to throw us right back in jail. We better just you know, play it safe. No, that's not what happened here. What happened was, yes, they did unite back together. But when they united back together, it was for a time of prayer. And the Bible says that they began to pray and they began to cry out to the Lord. They began to say that to the Lord, consider their threats. Consider their threats, God, and enable us, your servants, to speak your word with boldness. And the Bible says that after the believers prayed together, that the place was shaken. It was shaken with the power of God. And they were once again strengthened and empowered and, and ready to go back out. And they continued preaching. They continued teaching. They continued evangelizing using the name of Jesus Christ until the very day that they died. As disciples of Christ, it's time for you and I to remember what the early church did. It's time for you and I to stop allowing ourselves to be intimidated by those that are in leadership positions who would want to silence us and who would want to threaten us from speaking forth words of truth. And instead of allowing ourselves to feel intimidated, instead of allowing ourselves to shriek back as cowards would, it's time for us to begin uniting together, church, and praying and crying out to God like the early church did. It's time for us to pray and seek God and to cry out to the Lord telling him, God, consider their threats. Consider what they're doing. Consider what they're saying. Consider everything that is going on. Consider it, God, 
and enable us, your servants, to continue to boldly speak forth words of truth, to continue boldly sharing the gospel, no matter what risk may be involved, until the very end. God considered it. Give us strength. Help us to be bold until the very end. Amen. People, this is what we're going to need to do. This is what is happening in our nation. This is the time in history that you and I are experiencing. Rapidly, it is moving toward that type of a time in our lives. So you're going to have to think soberly. Are you going to be willing, when the time comes, to step up to the plate? Are you going to be willing to be bold? Are you going to be willing to go out and, and when God instructs you to do something, are you willing to risk your life for the sake of the gospel? That day just might come in our nation. What about witnessing to someone that is believing something that's deception? Are you willing when God opens that door to speak forth truth to someone, even if they do have another belief? Are you willing to be bold and, and risked, risk being laughed at? Risk being talked about. Risk being judged. What are you willing to do? Amen. Before we close the program out today, I want to give you an opportunity to take a bold step. Maybe a step that you've never taken before in your life. I want to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ into your life. Maybe you've never taken this step. Maybe you've been fearful. Maybe you were afraid what your family might think. Maybe you were raised in a certain religion, and if you accepted Christ, you would be disowned by your friends, by your family. You'd be talked about. I want to give you an opportunity to take a courageous step, to not worry, to not be fearful, but to be excited, just like the woman from Iran was, to be excited to make the best decision that you could ever make in your entire lifetime. And that is the decision to invite Jesus to come into your life, to, to forgive you for all the mistakes that you've made in your life. We've all made mistakes. Every one of us have made mistakes. Every one of us have sinned according to God's standard. None of us can keep God's standard. He's a holy, perfect God. That's why we need Jesus. Won't you pray with me right now? You have nothing to lose. It's a win-win situation. Let's pray together. Father God, I just come before you today. And right now, I ask for the forgiveness of the mistakes I've made in my life. I know I've made mistakes. And you call those mistakes sins according to your standard. So right now, I ask for the forgiveness of all my sins. And I ask for Jesus to come into my life, to lead me and to guide me into all truth. Right now I receive the free gift of salvation. Amen. Thank you for praying with me today. And thank you for joining me on Speak Life. I pray that you have a tremendously blessed day. And remember to always speak life.